You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. And February is American Heart Month. So how do we prevent heart disease? How do we keep that heart healthy? We're talking about that today with Dr. James Markham, who's a board-certified cardiologist and also the director of HeartWise Ministries. Dr. Markham, thank you so much for joining us here on 89.3. My pleasure, Bridget. It's so nice to talk about the heart. And of course, everyone knows that February is a a month that we focus on the heart. So it's great that we have this discussion because someone might be out there having a symptom or a problem and something they hear today might not only help help them right away if they're having a symptom, but we might give some tips today that might help prevent the progression of cardiovascular disease. All right, let, let's start with tips. I wanted to ask you about your ministry. We could do that in a little bit here. I want, since you said tips, let me start with a question I have. I go to the doctor, the nurse takes the blood pressure, they go, you're number over number. They might as well say I'm apples over bananas because I don't know what those numbers mean. Can you teach, what, what are they actually telling me when they say this number over that number? Well, Eric, I think they're referring to your blood pressure. Yes. Okay. You know, and that gives a number of the pressure inside your your blood vessels, especially your arteries. So that's what they're measuring, and they measure it with this cuff they wrap around your arm called a sphygmomanometer. And the reason that is important to cardiovascular health, it only makes sense if the pressure is surging through the tubes year after year. Um, that can cause damage to it. And we know that hypertension, which 22% of people have in the United States, it's the leading risk factor for death in the world now. So it can cause heart attacks, strokes. It can lead to aneurysms, damage to the kidneys, damage to the eyes, mainly because it damages your blood pressure, Um, your, your endothelium. That's the lining of the blood vessels. So that number, so if you hear a number, if it's really high, like 180 over 100, that's too high for you. So they're going to start making sure that that number is correct because some people get nervous. Some people are on stimulants like Red Bull or caffeine that make it go up temporarily. But if it's up all the time, you're going to need treatment to bring it down to lower the chance of you having damage to the lining of all the blood vessels called the endothelium. And is that number relative as far as what's a good number, depending on, you know, each individual, maybe like height, weight, that type of thing? Or is there a well, number no, we should? Not, well, mm-hmm. not really, Bridget. That's, an, you know, that's a, really an absolute number. And when they measure it, and we've only had this, this disease defined hypertension since 1906. And through the years, the numbers, originally they said, well, the numbers to treat were much higher. But as the years have go on, they brought down the recommendations, have brought down that number lower and lower and lower. But in general, I decide who gets treated based on their risks. For instance, if you've had a heart attack or family history or have an aneurysm, or have a weak heart, I want that heart not to work, the blood vessels to be pumping on as little pressure as I can. So I would shoot for on someone that had problems at 120 over 70. 
But for, for, for if you were an older, older person, 80 or 90, no health problems, I might let it go a little bit higher. But in general, we want that top number to be at least below 140, the bottom number to be at least below 90. And in special situations, um, if you have risk factors or depending on your, your, your situation, we might even recommend it come down a little bit lower. Now, how we do that, a lot of that depends on the individual person, whether they want to bring it down with lifestyle changes or whether they want to bring it down with medications. How important is our family heritage when it comes to the issues we're talking about here with our heart health? Yeah, Eric, it's very, very important if we have a heart history to realize that our body ages based on our DNA or our genetics. So everyone has genes. Unfortunately, we have genes that have been marred by sin. So our genes are, are poor throughout our body. So sooner or later, our parts wear out. Which part wears out first is sort of genetically determined. And then we have software called the, you know, the epigenetics. If we have bad habits, that part tends to wear out sooner. For instance, if everyone in Eric's family has a bad knee, and you can you know, insist on using that knee to play basketball over and over, and you hurt it, and it could get damaged and wear out sooner when a part wears out that has a symptom, and that's when modern medicine can step in and helpfully give you a new part or slow down the progression of that part wearing out. So the genes sort of determine when it happens, but your epigenetics is what affects the hardware um, that, that makes, it, makes it happen sooner or later. Mm. Well, we are talking with Dr. James Markham today, taking a look at some of these tips for a healthy heart. Now, what are some of those symptoms that are so yeah. easy to kind of neglect at hmm. times? Yeah, and I've been practicing, I still practice cardiology in the hospitals and acute care cardiologist. So I see heart disease on a regular basis. And I'm real passionate about it after doing it all these years because I see so many people ignore their symptoms subtle symptoms that if we had them early on, we might be able to really help them a lot. But some of the subtle symptoms, and remember, a symptom, Bridget, is anything that doesn't feel right in your body, anything that doesn't feel right in your body, and anything above the waist that happens on exertion, because that's when the heart works, when you're doing something, or won't a symptom above the waist that won't go away needs to be looked into. For instance, chest pressure. You feel like an elephant sitting on your chest. Extreme shortness of breath. Passing out. Feeling that your heart's racing. Sometimes I've seen heart attacks present as indigestion-like pain. Pain going to the shoulders. Pain going to the back. That's not normal. Has no other explanation. So a symptom that won't go away, to me, is a heart attack until proven that it's not. The other symptom is is symptom that happens when you do something, because that's when the heart works. Let's say you, you go up a stairs and all of a sudden you feel tightness in your chest or, or, or pain going up into your jaw, that when you stop, it goes away. That's very characteristic of a blockage in an artery of the heart. That needs to get some help right away. What tests are you doing to check on these things. What should I be asking well, my doctor to do? Yeah, it's according to, to 
um, how suspicious I am. If it's a classic symptom, if, if you say every time I run around the block, I have tightness in my chest, there's no sense for me to do a stress test because I know it's all already going to be positive. I would move right forward to a test where we look at the arteries. And the test that we're using is an angiogram or heart catheterization. We put dye into the arteries um, to see if there's blockages. We also can do that with a CAT scan as, as well, depending on an individual patient's situation. Now, if a person is sort of vague, I'm not sure, well, the pain it, it comes and the symptom is weird, it doesn't happen on exertion, only lasts for a few minutes, I really can't get a good feel for it. I might put you on a treadmill test where I walk you and make the heart work while I have you hooked up to electrodes that looks at the EKG that gives us clues. And we can also image the arteries of the heart non-invasively to see if there might be a problem in that case. Well, I do want to talk about what are some maybe some lifestyle changes. You mentioned that yeah. as something that is helpful for experiencing some of this. But what makes you talked about catching some of these things early makes such a difference? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Because maybe someone needs a little bit more encouragement to say, OK, I do need to get this looked at because it yeah. makes a difference if you catch it earlier rather than later. Right. It does, especially if you have a strong family history um, everyone in the family's had heart disease. Um, so the key to my disease in prevention is the lining that's around the blood vessel. That's called the endothelium. And you want to protect that endothelium. That's the lining that, that, gets, that gets clogged up with fat and cholesterol that has clots. It triggers heart attacks. It regulates what goes into the cells and out of the cells. This endothelial lining goes throughout the entire body. So our goal is to protect the endothelium and to avoid things that would hurt the endothelium. So let's talk about how to protect it. How do we protect the endothelium? One of the things that we do is we try to eat foods with a lot of nitrates in them. Because nitrates get converted to nitric oxide, which is a gas in the body. And everyone's heard of nitroglycerin, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, so nitroglycerin makes the arteries get bigger. It helps them decrease the formation of the clot, and it just makes the arteries healthy. Um, so nitrates are good things. And foods that have nitrates in them are things like green foods, like spinach and arugula. Beets have lots of nitrates in them. Celery, lettuce, you know, lots of vegetables have nitrates in them. So we want to eat more of those things. Another thing that helps this lining do well is to increase the movement in the body or exercise. When we move the part, the bone marrow makes a type of, um, of fixer-upper called the endothelial progenitor cells. And these are special cells that can repair damage to the endothelium. Because remember, when the endothelium is damaged, it either gets bigger, which is called an aneurysm, it forms a clot, which is called a plaque, which could break and cause a heart attack, it could get clogged up with fat so we, our organs don't get enough oxygen and nutrients. When that happens, a symptom develops, we go to the doctor and he treats the acute symptom, and we can treat that with a stent or a bypass surgery, but we really don't take away the disease. The disease in the endothelium is still there. So those are two things that can really help, eating healthy, moving a lot, and then pay attention to the things that damage the endothelium. High blood pressure damages it. 
Cigarettes damages it. Diabetes damages it. Too much fat, especially processed fat, damages it. Too much sodium damages it. And stress, Bridget and Eric, of any type can damage our endothelium, including mental stress, the stress of not sleeping well at night, the stress of chronic pain, the stress of guilt, the stress of anger. All of these things affect our chemistry of the body, which can affect our endothelium and gradually damage it over time. You know, we haven't had a, we just have seconds left here. It's kind of unfair, but HeartWise Ministries is the ministry that you work with. And uh, we, we'd encourage people to go to our website, ericandbridget.org, to find out more about that. But what does the Bible actually say? It sounds like what you're talking about, the Bible speaks to these things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The Bible addresses your health. And I just want to leave everyone with a biblical prescription from Proverbs 3, 6. In all thy ways, including thy health, acknowledge him. Go to God first, ask for his help, ask for his wisdom, go to the word in all thy ways, acknowledge, and he will direct your path. So start your health with Christ, because I found out in our ministry that the key to health is Christ. He's the one that heals us forever. He's the one that also helps us give the power to see the things we need to do to help take care of our temple more effectively on a day-to-day basis. And it's a journey as we improve our health. That's Dr. James Markham. He's with HeartWise Ministries. You can find out more about them at ericandbridget.org. Dr. Markham, thank you for your time and perspective this morning. My pleasure. You guys have a great one.